welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 3rd of September, 2016. Now, if you weren't listening last week, the reason that this is in your feed this week is because I'm doing a one-month trial of releasing the diary episodes on a Saturday. I'm doing that for two reasons. The first reason is that I listened to some podcast information about improving your uploads across the week. So by releasing this on a Saturday and having a second release of the main interview on a Monday, I'm going to see if that helps to bolster figures and to even them out across the week because at the moment on a Monday the figures are high and then obviously they drip off during the week and then they peak again on a Monday. So I'm going to try and even that out a little bit by posting these on a Saturday. The other thing is is that I usually record them on a Friday night because that feels like the end of my writing week. Even though I always work on a Saturday and Sunday, Friday feels like the it's, I've usually hit my writing targets and things by that stage. I tend not to write at the weekend because the family are home. So fi- Friday has become the natural lull of my week, and it feels like the right time to record this diary. So we'll see how it goes. It's for four weeks only. I know for the next four weeks I can deliver it on Saturday without any disruption to my routines or anything like that. So that'll be the plan. It'll arrive on Saturday, and it'll preview Monday's interview guest. So in terms of my diary news this week then, I started writing The Forgotten Children this week on Thursday and this is now the third of my thrillers and they're all going to be about 90,000 words long. I'd had a week off from the writing. Uh, I've been working on automation and marketing for the past, uh, well it feels like about 14 days actually, it must be about that. So it's ridiculous that having written these two novels back to back, 90,000 words each, I'm sitting there thinking that I won't be able to write this one. I mean, this is what the this is the ninth now. Now, of course, you know, writing them isn't any guarantee that they're any good or there's any quality there. I'll be the first to hold my hands up and say that. But it still takes quite an effort to write 90,000 words, as you'll know if you've done it. So why I'm thinking to myself, oh, crikey, will I be able to write this one? Will I be able to write a story when it's the ninth one that I've written? Does that ever end? Has anybody written more than nine? I don't know, but um, I was sitting there thinking, I don't think I can write this. I'm not sure I can do this. And then, of course, five o'clock in the morning came on Thursday. Um, it's funny, actually, I don't need an alarm to wake up. I kind of set an internal alarm. I tell myself I need to be up at five in the morning, and I am. Now, I don't know how I do that. When I was doing breakfast shows on the radio for years, although I always had to have the alarm set, I always had a couple of alarms set, I actually always woke up before them. So um, it's funny that, but I woke up at five o'clock on Thursday and on Friday, Uh, I always have a little outline of what I'm going to write the next day. I don't plan the whole book ahead. I know the arc of it. I know who the baddie is. I know what's going to happen roughly at at the end. So I've got the bare bones of it, but I don't uh, hyper plan it. But what I do do and what I found very useful is um, I'm quite formulaic when I write. So at the moment with these thrillers, I've been writing a chapter a day and a chapter is made up of three sections. And generally... They're about one and a half thousand words, one and a half thousand words, two thousand words. It doesn't actually work like that. It often is tending to end up that they're about one seven fifty, one eight hundred each um, per section. 
in a chapter. So a chapter is my daily writing. There are 18 chapters in a book. So it takes me 18 days to write a book at 5,000 words a day. That's 90,000 words. And that's how I do it. So um, I, I just have the bare bones. I have a little note for each of those sections. And, and that's usually enough for me to write. On the Thursday, we got 5,254 words done. It was 5,535 on Friday, meaning we're about five, we're about, what are we, five, about 10, 900, aren't we? 10, 10, seven, 800, something like that. So it's a really good start. Um, very happy with it. Uh, it. It feels strong. This sto story feels really strong to me. It's different from the other two um, because it, it winds up the trilogy. They're not cliffhangers. They are self-contained stories. But this gives you a lot of explanation as to what was going on in the previous books. But it is its own um, self-contained mystery, thriller, whatever you want to call it. So it's good to have started. I think I've got one writing day next week. Uh, yeah, I can only fit in one writing day. I've got sort of client uh, appointments and I've got to, I'm going to the Festival of Writing in York next week. Do drop me an email or, or tweet me if you're heading there yourself. Um, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I'm at the Festival of Writing in York, which I'm really looking forward to. And then on Monday, I've got to do some planning. Um, I, I've got a couple of um, corporate training events coming up, so I've got to sit down and, and do a planning day on those days. And Saturday and Sunday, I'm starting the edits on the uh, murder place. And my wife has now finished reading that. My wife always goes straight through it, you know, spots the immediate spelling mistakes, continuity errors and all of that. So I, I'll pick through that on Saturday then and then I'll I'll put all those into place and either reject them or accept them. And then I start to do my slow crawl through the book on Sunday. And that book is due with Helen Fazal, my editor, by the end of this month, by the end of September. And Helen, any day now, is good to give me back the edited version of Don't Tell Meg. Now, none of these, none of these books are getting released until January the 31st. It may, it may be even later than that because I got to save up for covers. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I'll, I mean, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, it's, it's so expensive, isn't it, to write books? I mean, the edits are going to be expensive and, and blimey, you know, Helen doesn't half earn her money, but you know, a 90,000 word book, that's going to be 500 quid. Um, and then I've never had a structural edit done. And I know I ought to. Um, I just, I feel that it goes through three pairs of hands three, you know, literary um, people who read a lot. You know, but we, me and my wife have both got English degrees or whatever it was we got all those years ago. You know, Helen is a properly qualified proofreader. So it's going through three pairs of hands. So I feel to a certain extent that ought to catch any of those problems. Uh, but I would like to have a structural edit done. Frankly, I just can't afford it at the moment. I can't pay whatever it would be, 500 quid for a structural, 500 for a copy edit and proofread, and then add another, you know, three or 400 quid for a cover. I just can't do that at the moment. So something's got to give, and the structural edit is the thing that I think can give. Um, but the minute I can, I'll get structural edits. I would love to go through the experience, uh, pay for the experience and see what's involved, see what I can get from it. And, and I'm absolutely sure as anything, that you know, somebody who's got experience of editing novels is going to add a lot of value to the writing experience for me. So um, that's something I've got to save up the pennies for. But um, I've had no kind of, in terms of feedback from readers and things, I don't get 
I don't get that kind of feedback. Um, somebody thought that it was a heavily laden environmental message. That's up to them if they feel that. And um, and, and with the secret bunker, uh, if people, it's chalk and cheese, people either like the way that I've done the narrative or they hate it. Uh, it's very chalk and cheese. Um, the grid, uh, people just seem to like it at the moment. At the moment, you know, there's going to be somebody who doesn't like it, but people just seem to like it. I think it's a fairly straightforward, you know, rattle through kind of read. Nothing complicated in there. Uh, I learned my lesson from the secret bunker. Just kept the sort of storytelling more straightforward, the points of view more straightforward, and uh, and I've not had complaints. You know, no one said anything about the plotting or he forgot this or he got that wrong. So from feedback. Um, I, I just have to kind of, you know, go from the feedback. Um, no one's complained about spelling mistakes. No one's complained about anything f from a writing point of view, other than point of view, the style that I chose to write, write The Secret Bunker in. So I just have to kind of then prioritise what I think is most important on the budget, and that's cover and making sure it gets a really good sort of copy edit and, and proofread. I want to make sure that it, it reads right. And I'm trusting myself and my two other readers at the moment for that structural edit. But I do know that structural editing is an area of expertise that I would benefit from. And I would like to do that at some point. Just to let you know, I've plotted in the Novel Factory, which is still my favorite plotting software. I love that software. And I'm writing this book in Scrivener. I just wanted to mention, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned my non-fiction plans, that I was hoping to have 10 non-fiction short books done by Christmas. I, I've still kind of, tentatively hanging on to that aim but the the kind of pressure of not the pressure but the weight of work with the edits is kind of dawning on me now and I am thinking to myself you know I, I got a money coaching businesses and things as well and I am wondering whether that was a goal too high I've still got the goal and in my schedule up to Christmas I've still penciled in the slots that would allow me to do it now the, the change I am going to make or the accommodation I am going to make is that these are not going to be 10 from scratch non-fiction books. The problem with my web books, my email marketing, my webinars, my author platform, all of those books, the problem with those, I knew it when I wrote them, is that they become dated. They're not dated at the moment. They're still fine for sale, but they will become dated uh, probably at the beginning of next year. They might I might squeeze another year out of them um, you know, before I have to do a, a full rewrite the moment touch wood that they're, they're okay they're fine um but what i was going to do with the non-fiction books is just extrapolate the 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 data that the, the principles and take away the how-tos and the screenshots reduce the size of the books to ten thousand words or fewer and sell them in that form so i was going to take a lot of existing writing that i've done turn them into 10,000 word quick reads and effectively retitle and re-release them. So it won't be writing 10 books from scratch. It'll be repackaging 10 existing books so that they they can be sold permanently. So I don't have to update them because I don't want to be updating them all the time. So that's kind of still the plan. Um, I'm not even going to touch this. You know, what i got to do is i got to get the tipping point with these thrillers out of the way. So I think the first time I've scheduled these, looking at my diary, is I might be able to get the first two done by the end of September, I got two days put by, uh, penciled in to do that. So we'll we'll see where we are. But that, you know, I knew it was a big ask, that one. If something has to give, that's what's giving. Um, but I do still hope to do it because I'd like to keep my non-fictions going. I just, I did all that work. Um, I'd like to take out the, the, 
the timeless elements of them and i think they'd make very good quick guides um very informative quick guides so that that's what i'm planning to do with those um i'll keep you up to date with those so the aim is still there it's still on the the whiteboard to my left it's still on my planning sheets i still hope to do it um i told you last week that i would be doing a lot of marketing that marketing has continued this week and um i've started to see the leads coming in from facebook and from twitter um i've had to do a lot of creatives create a lot of creatives i've used canva.com for the creatives i love canva and actually when i was doing these creatives i found out all sorts of new things about it i've only really ever used it in a ad hoc kind of way and because i was doing for twitter for instance for my self-publishing academy training scheme training program i created eight promos for it all different colors and a different look and i found out that you can actually save things in, in folders in groups in in Canva and I just found a few things out about it that I hadn't really had calls to use but it makes me like it even more um, and I did it really fast so you know I'm no design I'm rubbish at design but I'm really happy with the graphics that I've got I've, I've popped another one by the way on this week's show notes if you have a look at last week's show notes you'll see one of the book promos I'm using on Twitter if you have a look at this week's show notes you'll see the one the one that I knocked up in Canva for the self-publisher Canopy. But, you know, they're no works of art, but they're very effective and, um, and I'm quite pleased with them. So the leads are coming in. I've got a problem at the moment. I'm just watching the money that I spend on these things because I'm, I'm just not quite sure. I'm, get, I'm getting some good leads. I'm happy with the leads. I'm happy with the cost of the leads. But I'm just not quite sure because I'm not confident with the process that, that people are clicking and they're going in to get a response and then they're going into the automated sequence. Um, I'm, I'm getting too many people not confirming for my tastes and that's just making my alarm bells go and making me think okay I need to just check this through again so I'm going to do it very tentatively until I've had time to go back to my videos in Mark Dawson's training the Twitter and the Facebook videos just to make sure I haven't missed a step there because I feel like I've missed something and the leads aren't quite coming through now I've got permission to email those leads so I'm going to download them um, probably tomorrow I think on Saturday and I'm going to email them directly and put them on those leads and put them on those email sequences to make sure I've captured them but you know I'm getting a lot of leads coming through I'm, I'm quite happy with the leads um, and and this is what pushed me to to do the work this week on self-publishing academy because self-publishing academy sells at 197 pounds that gives me a lot of margin for playing with adverts much more margin than giving away a free book gives me and then upselling people to the box sets so I, I I had a few tentative tests last week saw the leads coming in and thought okay I need to get my super internet marketing head on now and I need to be making upsells I always need to have a bigger offer I always need to be asking for more money I need to make sure I'm getting them into sequences and moving them around effectively which is all stuff that I've done in the past so I spent some extra time on that this week and managed to get that done so I just I need to just go through them with a fine tooth comb and make sure that I'm not missing a trick because it just it was just worrying me a little bit that um, I'm getting too many unconfirmed email addresses they're clicking it they want the books but they don't seem to be following the process up that might be because they're doing it on mobile phones I don't know but I, I need to do some checking just to make sure I'm not kind of wasting my money effectively but the bottom line is is you get a spreadsheet in Twitter leads and Facebook ads that you could download and actually you're supposed to import those into your database and then email the people well I've got it set up as a link an automated link with Zapier 
to do it automatically. I don't like doing things manually. So I'm setting up an automated process. So I just got to go through that process and make sure it's working. I don't want to be messing anything up with that. Uh, on that note, I think I've mentioned Ian Sutherland already. Ian Sutherland, is, um, he writes tech thrillers and he's going to be a guest on the programme in the next couple of weeks. We've recorded that interview already. And um, Ian has also written a, a Twitter book, a Twitter guide, and he's done amazing things on Twitter, built huge audiences on, on two Twitter accounts. And uh, I think Ian's really onto something here. And he's actually running a test. Uh, he wants to take over 10 Twitter accounts and build them to the kind of levels that he's built his to. He's got about 100,000 followers on his accounts. And um, I've got an account, um, it's called At Secret Bunker Fan. And I, I know I've told you in these diaries, I'm struggling a little bit with the relationship between my geeky marketing stuff and my author stuff. And I set up that Twitter account when I was considering splitting my geeky stuff with my author stuff. So it's it's got about 200 followers and it's just been sat there. I haven't posted on it for ages. So I'm going to let Ian have that account and he's going to build that up. And I just refreshed it this week. I put a nice banner on it. I've called it Paul Teague Author. I think that the handle is at Secret Bunker Fan. Um, but I've called it Paul Teague Author, done up the graphics and got it ready for Ian. I'm really excited about this. And when I pitched to Ian, he was asking for 10 volunteers to try all of this out. And um, I said to him, look, you know, if, if we do this, he's doing it over three months. I'd love to record an extra monthly interview for the podcast and just let people know what we're doing and how it's how it's working. Um, and, and I think we'll be doing that. So um, we'll give you all the insights into that and, and do the interviews. And I said to Ian, look, if we do the interviews on the podcast, you can use the audio and use that to, to sell the product when you build it. So hopefully we'll both, both get something out of that. But I'm really, really interested. And it's, it's funny, Ian's using a couple of techniques I was using ages ago when I was internet marketing. He was using something called Social Umph, and I've still got a Social Umph account for about I think it's about 2008, 2009. I, I used to use it a lot for bulk uploading uh, promotional tweets. I haven't used it for years. T to be fair, I haven't really sweated Twitter until recently again. I've always had this account. I had loads of people on it when I was internet marketing. I deleted a load of people, boiled it right down. More recently, I've started doing author tweets on it. And... Um, you know, I haven't really taken Twitter seriously for quite a time since I came out of internet marketing. Now, I'm loving Twitter for my author work. I've got about a thousand writing related people that I've followed in the last couple of months. And it's, it's I'm finding it really, really good for me. Uh, really enjoying it, making some great connections, finding, to be honest with you, many of my podcast guests uh, on Twitter, because it's a great way to see what people are saying in, 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 the, in the space. So, um, I'm really looking forward to doing this work with you. It'll be on a separate Twitter account. I've put that in the show notes. Um, just follow it along and, and see what you think. But I think we're going to learn some interesting things on that journey. One final thing to tell you this week, while I was working through my promos, I realized that I had one of my fairly regular these days, Homer Simpson dull moments. Um, and I put the grid in KDP Select and thought, oh, you stupid boy. Um, it means that I can't then have it as, as perma-free. It was perma-free. And I just had a brainstorm when I did it. I said, oh no, that means I'm going to have to wait till November until I can start running all these beautiful Twitter and Facebook promos that I've devised for the grid. It depends on it being free, the first one being free. So I thought, do you know what, I'm going to write to KDP Select. I'm going to see if they'll let me off. And I emailed them and apologised and said, look, I made a mess up. This was a mistake. Can you take it off? select for the three months and let me have it back as perma-free and to my surprise my pleasant surprise they said yes they've let me off and they said um, yep yeah, that's absolutely fine we'll take it off 
KDP Select, you're, you're free. And it's, at the time of recording this, it's back in the marketplace at 99 pence and 99 cents. Now, I want it free. So I wrote back to them and said it was on perma-free before. Can we put it on perma-free? Now, <laughs> I know this is complicated, but when you go into KDP Select, um, I'm not allowed to uh, give away more than 10% of it, I think it is, uh, which is why I then switch my promos to the first 5,000 words because it's about 50-something thousand words long. So 5,000 words is safe under their KDP Select terms and conditions. So, um, of course, I had to take it down from Draft the Digital when I put it into KDP Select. So they said to me, well, we only put it on perma-free where we price match and we can't find any evidence of it being for free elsewhere. So I thought, oh, God, here we go again. So I, I said, you know, the reason you can't find it price match is because I had to take all the other listings down to be in line with your terms and conditions. So this has gone on and on. And at, at the time of recording this, I think we're almost there. I've republished the book on Draft the Digital. I'm just waiting for Barnes & Noble to put it through so I can send them a whole page of links showing the grid one for free and then they'll put it they'll price match they'll put it as perma free at, at, for you know for free for zero uh, in, in all the channels and then i can start to promote it on twitter and i can start to promote it on um facebook that's the other one i'm thinking of now i prefer to lead with the grid as my my lead book because as i explained to you earlier um, the, the secret bunker tends to be a bit chalk and cheese. People either like the storytelling style or, the, or they hate it. Um, fortunately, more people like it than hate it. So, I, you know, it's got four star average, I think, which is not, you know, not appalling for a first book. But I, I kind of learned my, my narrative lesson from that. But what I would, so what I prefer to do from a marketing point of view is to lead with the grid because the, the grid people just seem to like it, which is brilliant. There's nothing challenging in there at all. And then, to follow up with The Secret Bunker. And my feeling is, is that when you've read The Grid, you kind of trust me as an author. You know where I'm going. And and when you then get to The Secret Bunker, you'll just you'll trust me because you know I, I can tell the story. Whereas if you come to The Secret Bunker first, it's maybe slightly more of a challenge from a reading point of view. And if you don't know me from Adam at that stage, you might think, oh, no, I'm not going to stick with this. What people tend to say in the feedback is, is that, you know, please, I stuck with it. It's a really good book. So it does seem to jar people. Um, and basically the storytelling style is, is it's just done really cinematically. So you get kind of live streaming from Dan, but you also get external views in, in, you know, told in third person about what's going on elsewhere. And what this thing does is it forms this matrix, this pattern, this jigsaw through the books. And it makes perfect sense when you're reading it and in your, in the flow, it makes perfect sense. But um, if you're reading like the first, you know, 20 pages, you might sort of give up before you've, you, you've, you've born with it and got the hang of it. And this is what people tend to say, you know, please, I stuck with it. It's a great book. And the people who don't stick with it tend to have a bit of a rant in the, um, in, in the feedback. So I've decided to lead with the grid because it's an easy read and then, and then move people to the secret bugger. So it's really key to me that uh, this is a long way of telling you that I really want KDP Select to let me have my book back as perma-free <laughs> because I got a load of promos based on this and I wanted to get running them to, to see if I could make Twitter and Facebook work for me. So um, they're going to let me do it. They, they will let me do it and uh, and we'll be done. And then just the last thing to tell you is I cancelled my convert kit Um account today i've moved everything into get response uh I'm, I'm pleased i did that exercise it was a bit time consuming moving people over there moving them back but all my marketing is staying in get response i cancelled the convert kit account today i was on a free trial anyway 
and I just said to them, look, you know, I was I was looking at you. It was my annual renewal on GetResponse. I was looking at you as a new product. I'm sorry, but it didn't cut it because you had lots of technical issues. Um, I know you will sort those. You know, I know you will be on to it, but it's a scaling problem. And I'm going to come back and look at it, you know, in six months to a year's time, probably when my next renewal is up with GetResponse. But at the moment, for my tastes, my marketing is GetResponse, free mail marketing. It's Thrive Themes for sales pages and download pages. And Optimized Press is what powers all of my WordPress sites. Okay, so that's Paul's podcast diary. I should, by the time I record the next diary, have another 5,000 words done. That's all I'm writing next week. And then I'll be heading off uh, next Friday, Saturday and Sunday to the Festival of Writing in York. Please do let me know if you're heading to that. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Maybe we can meet up for a coffee and have a chat if you are going there. And I will have the next podcast diary for you next Saturday. And in the meantime, look out, please, for episode 27 of Self-Publishing Journeys. And that's released next Monday, Monday the 5th of September. Got an amazing guest for you on Monday, Maggie James, who is a writer of psychological suspense thrillers. Now, Maggie recently accepted a publishing deal with Amazon's Lake Union Imprint, and she's just had a great success in the 2016 Bards and Sages eFestival of Words Awards. So that's Maggie James, my guest on Monday's podcast. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.